Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, hi, guys. My name is Jesus, or Jesse, whichever one's comfortable, and I'm a thoroughbred drug addict. So, um, page 41. I was reading it right now in the meditation, you know, just to really reflect on it. And um, it was pretty, like... Well, I read part of uh, page 39 also, so that way I could get a better glimpse of what it is, you know. Um, And there's a set of, you know, like how you have your mindsets, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a particular mindset that is very worrying for, for me as a, for me as a drug addict, you know, and that's um, trusting in myself too much, you know. Um, it says right here, I had been out of town before during this particular dry spell, so there was nothing new about that. Physically, I felt fine. Neither did I have any pressuring problems or worries. My business came off well. I was pleased. I knew my partners would be too. It was the end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. But before that, obviously, it was a talking about a, a mindset of becoming too self-sufficient, you know? And um, I, don't, I don't like when I'm too self-sufficient personally, you know, because it just goes to show that um, I've never been able to maintain sober on my own, you know, never. Uh, as much as I tried, and I did try one too many times, you know, um, I came to the to the realization that like, geez, dude, as much as I want to, I just can't quit, you know? The the problems that I was facing when I was in my active drug addiction were homelessness, you know, gang affiliation and stuff like that, you know? And the end of a perfect day for me was not getting shot at or like not not running out of my substance. You know, that was the end of a perfect day for me. Mm. So, like, now now the problems that I face are less worrying for me, you know, so I don't have to worry as much as I used to back in the day. So my current worries are not having enough gas money or, like, um, having enough to pay my Netflix account, you know what I mean? So it's, like... I don't have to worry about all the other things that I used to. And I'm happy for it because it's less stress on my shoulders. You know, it's a lot less stress. So when it talks about those pressuring problems, I, I just come to the conclusion that it's like, today was a good day. One, because uh, I'm fine physically, mentally, spiritually, you know? And that's what it comes down to, right? The, the three factors of recovery physical recovery, mental recovery, and spiritual recovery, you know? Because when I was um, when I was using, I was a walking zombie, you know? Nothing fazed me at all. I had zero life in my eyes whatsoever. People were scared looking at me down the street. And I don't say it like to, to like, boost my ego on toxicity, you know? Because I, I used to be really toxic, you know? I used to be a really toxic human being with anybody, family members, strangers, 
you know, like relationships, anything, you know. So I came down to a point where my worries were too much to handle, you know. They were too much, like I just couldn't anymore. Um, I've been homeless, like the amount of time that I spent homeless was almost two years, you know. Um, it, it didn't all happen at once, you know. It wasn't like I was homeless for two years straight. Like, I wish, you know, maybe, or no. Never mind, no, I don't. I'm, I'm happy the way it ended up happening, you know. Like, I, I ended up homeless, like, four different times. And that was, like, God giving me, like, a little tiny break, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, hey, you know what, here's a housing program. You deserve it, you know. Or, like, you don't deserve it, but, like, I'm a gracie with it, you know. So, like, um... I'm really thankful for all that. But you know what? The thing is, is I wasted all of it. The reason being because I was selling drugs inside those programs, you know, so. The, the simple fact is that I went through so much during those years, you know. It like, when you live in the fast lane, which I'm pretty sure all of you guys know what it's like, you know. When you live in the fast lane, like, time just, like, does its own thing, you know? Like, you're not really living on the time that you're supposed to, you know? And before I knew it, six years went by quick, you know? I was awake for most of them, so it felt like three, you know? So I was just like, damn. I, I didn't think it was going to be this long, you know? I, I went to go out with my cousin yesterday, and dude's hair is long as fuck. So, like, I'm like, Jesus, you know, like. And he's 15 now. I, last time I went out with him, and I took him out my on my own, he was eight. You know, so it's a bit of a trip. But um, everything right now, it's going good. It's going at the way that it's supposed to be going. It's going at the rate that God wants it to. Um, I did get yelled at today by my aunt because she was like, I told you not to take him. And I was like, well, he needs to get out of the house. What do you want to do with him? Like, Jesus, man. Like, he needs to socialize with people. Like, you know, he's like a little antisocial video gamer. So I'm just trying to get him out of that. Mm. So, yeah, the, the, the main thing that I really did want to talk about, though, is the mindset. The mindset of self-sufficiency because... I can't do it on my own. I've never been able to, like I told you guys before, you know. Um, all the resources that I had that I got on my own, I misused them tremendously, like ridiculously. Um, I curved it and I thought, oh, well, this is a good way I can make some money, you know. So, like, I ended up selling drugs in those, all those programs that I was in. And I got caught in every single program that I was in. And it wasn't just that. Like, I was doing a whole bunch of other shit, too, you know. But that's probably for another story when I feel more comfortable with you guys. And it has to do about sex. So, like, you know, it's like... But essentially, like, you know, just to keep the long story short, I was banging the managers there, you know. So it was like... It is what it is, you know. So they had to kick me out. Human reason. <laughs> oh, I already read the whole, the whole paragraph. No, you just keep reading as you go. Oh, Okay, for sure. So, um, it says right here, I went to my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner. As I crossed the threshold of a dining room, the thought that came to mind that it would be nice to have a couple cocktails with dinner. That was all. Nothing more. Um, today I went to, like, work, you know, so I went to work and uh, I was thinking, like, you know what? 
I saw I saw a couple drug dealers outside and they were having um, balloons, you know, so I was like, oh, they have Nas, you know, so I was like, does that come up on drug tests? And I'm over here looking it up, you know what I mean? And I was like, no, it doesn't, you know what I mean? So I was just like, man, I could take a huff or two, you know what I mean? Like, I've gone a year and year and a half, maybe some more. And you know, who's going to know? Like, who cares, you know? But I know, you know, and that's the thing that matters to me now, you know, and before it would have been like, doesn't matter to me, you know, if I didn't go to the program that I was at, which is a rehab in Mexico, um, if I didn't stay for the amount of time that I stayed there, like, I, I really wouldn't have cared. After the detox for like maybe about two months, you know, I, immediately I would have just gone back to the things that I got back to, you know, but it's not the case and I'm thankful for that too, you know, so... I won't order myself another drug. I'm not gonna pick up from the plug, you know? I'm not gonna try to huff anything or do anything like that. So that's a that's a good thing and that's a goal, you know? Well, like, uh, what, what's it called? An accomplishment, that's what it is, you know? So when I see drugs now, I like, don't get me wrong, like I still have the mouth-watering feel, you know? Like, oh man, <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know? Like, so. To me, like my, my, my mouth still salivates, you know, at the, at the thought of it because I know how it makes me feel. I know how it all goes down, you know, and I'm just like, man, what I would give, you know what I mean? But the thing is, is I'm not willing to give my mental sanity anymore and I'm not willing to give my dignity and my pride anymore because that's what I was paying for, not only in money, but with my dignity, pride and self-respect, you know. Um, when I returned to the hotel, it struck me a highball would be fine before going to bed. So I stepped into the bar and I had one. I remember having several more that night and plenty the next morning. I have a shadowy recollection of being in an airplane bound for New York and of finding a friendly taxi cab driver at the landing field instead of my wife. The driver escorted me about for several days. I. I know little of where I went or what I said and did. Then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. Hmm. So for me, I had plenty of those, you know what I mean? I had plenty of nights and days where I just don't remember anything, you know? And I've done some very shameful shit, you know? I've done a lot, I've done a lot, you know? I was at the knees, I was on my knees in front of men and women for money, you know, like it was ridiculous, the power that something that doesn't have legs or arms had over me, you know, and it's crazy because um, they, they didn't exercise over there at the clinic. Don't ask me if it's smart or not, you know, but they, they literally had a bag of powder inside the clinic, you know, and they were like, telling and it wasn't obviously drugs you know it was baking soda but they were still like this this right here you're willing to suck dick for this you're willing to do this for that this is what you're willing to do for this you know and and i was like damn he's got a point you know and they waited out they waited out like i swear to god it was so funny they waited out and it was like 3.5 grams you know and He's like, that's an eighth right there, buddy. You're telling me you won't do this to party? Come on, man. And I was like, fuck, dude. You know? So it, it was a 
It was a really tough exercise. Some people really broke down, you know. And I'm glad I saw people broke down because it just made me realize how bad I broke down too for my same substance. And um, that's why I think it's a smart exercise. Some other people are like, damn, these guys are crazy. They brought meth. I was like, dude, you think they're bringing meth inside the clinic? Of course not. Retard, there's other things like Arm and Hammer and shit that's not meth, that it's just powdery and white, you know? So, um, and plus uh, the mental and physical suffering, that's a really, everybody's gone through mental and physical suffering, emotional suffering, you know? And I think we're the ones that put ourselves through it the most, you know, if I'm being honest, you know? That's, that, I could talk from my experience because I've made myself um, go through a lot of shit, you know, I, I put myself through a lot of shit, you know, um, I've been gang banged on, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's ridiculous what, what I would do just to stand my ground and realize that, you know what, I could probably beat these guys up and take their wallets, all three of them right now. And it was three, three versus one at the time. Sometimes I put other people's lives in danger just to show who's got the biggest balls in the streets, you know, and, and it, it wasn't worth it at all, you know. I've lost friends thanks to myself, you know. Um, and it's really sad, you know. It's really sad. I've lost friends to overdoses and stuff like that, and that's a, it's a lot of emotional suffering that I go through uh, on a daily, you know, just because I didn't, I had the program in me already, you know. I was trying, you know, but at the same time, it's like, why didn't you try with someone else? You know, because you know damn well that they were messing up too, and I still live with it, you know, so. Um, but continuing, as soon as I regained my ability to think, I went carefully over, it, over that evening to Washington. Not only had I been off guard, I made no fight what... I made no fight whatever against the first drink. This time I had, n I had not thought of all the consequences at all. I had commenced to drink as carelessly as though the cocktails were ginger ale. I now remembered what my alcoholic friend had told me, how they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come, I would drink. So, Right here, right? Um, I want to analyze the first part of that paragraph, right? Because as soon as I regained my ability to think, my ability to think was so messed up for so long. You know, I, I, I didn't have the ability to make correct decisions whatsoever. You know, it was all for my substance. I was all in, immense in my drug addiction, you know? I was so immense that I, like, I was so convinced that I didn't know what decisions to make that when it came to recovery, I asked my friend, and by the grace of God, I'm here, you know, by the grace of my higher power, I'm here. I, I just got robbed again, you know, the last time I got robbed, thank, thank God, you know, the last time I was asleep, I got beat up middle of the night or morning for that matter, you know? And then I, like, I got knocked out, you know? I got stomped in my face, you know? Like, it was bad, it was bad. I go to my friend's car because 
he's homeless too. I would have slept in his car, but I'm fat and it's kind of hard when you sleep in a car, you know what I mean? So it gets hot, it gets stuffy if you didn't know. So I go over to my friend's car, it's about a mile out, and you know, I'm over here walking with my face fucked up and, and I go over to my friend and I was like, hey bro, could I use your phone to make a phone call? And I call my mom, first thing I do is I call my mom. Why? Don't ask me, you know what I mean? I think I just wanted to let her know that like, hey mom, like if I don't call you, it's because I just got robbed again, you know, like, so if I don't answer the phone, don't hate me, <laughs> you know, so like, and cancel the service on the phone because it's not me, so. And um, my mom, she got tired of it, you know, she got tired of it. She was just like, mijo, I'm so fucking tired of you calling me and I'm not like, I'm so worried about you all the time and this, this and that. and. And why don't you just come home, this, this, and that? And, and my friend's listening to this whole conversation going down while we're smoking a morning blunt, you know? And, and I asked him, I looked at him, and I legitimately asked him, I was like, dude, do you think I should go get help? And because I didn't know, I didn't know if I truly had a problem or like if I was just going through bad luck, you know what I mean? I, because it felt like bad luck, you know? I felt like I was getting punished for something, you know? I don't know what I did, but you know, I felt like I deserved it for some reason and that, and that uh, through suffering or you know, that I was gonna find peace somewhere in my head. That's how I used to think, you know? Sometimes I still think that way if I'm not lying, you know, and I can't. So I thought about it and, and my friend was like, dude, you're stupid, like you're straight dumb. Like if I had a mom that loved me as much as your mom loves you, bro, I'd go home right now, dog. Because uh, both me and my friend were adopted, you know, and his adoptive parents kind of just, like, kicked him to the curb as soon as he turned 18, you know? We still talk to this day. He still smokes, you know what I mean? But, I, like, whatever, you know? He's like a brother to me. We've been through so much together. It's just that, you know, he's in L.A. right now, so that's where he stays, you know what I mean? I, I can't go out there yet, you know? I'm too new into recovery. It's only been my... About it's going on two months almost that I'm out of my rehab, so I'm not gonna go back to my old stomping grounds just yet when I'm still a when I'm still a newbie, you know. But um, yeah, I asked him, and he was like, "If I had a mom that loved you as much as she loves you, bro, like just just go, go home, bro, get help, dog." I was like. All right, all right, you know, so I just, I, like, I sighed, you know, and I, I knew it was going to be probably the last blunt that I was going to smoke, so I made it worth it, you know. I enjoyed every single puff. I'm not even going to sit here and lie, you know. And I'm not trying to glorify it, you know, but I knew it was going to be the last time I consumed. So I, you know, I enjoyed that moment with my friend, and he enjoyed it with me as much as he could, you know, knowing that he wasn't going to see me for a long while. Um, keep in mind that I'm, I was fighting a court case at that time. Um, so I was going to see him later on, but I was still going to go back to my program. So I get picked up and, um, my, my tia, she was just like, Jesus Christ, what happened to you? This, this, and that. And, and I was just like, you know, I got robbed in the middle of the night. I think I got stomped out, but I don't know, you know, cause I woke up like three, four hours later after getting stomped out. And um, yeah, so 
I got to San Diego. I got here. I went to a hotel. They didn't want me in the house because, you know, I was homeless, so they don't know if I was, I had anything, you know, like COVID or something. They didn't want to take that risk because my grandma's sick. So I stayed in the hotel and then I went into the program and um, to just to wrap it up and just to make it short, you know, like the time, the time that I needed to make clear decisions, the consciousness that people have when making correct decisions or making sure that they know the difference between right and wrong. No one in the clinic has been able to do that for at least three months. The first three months when you're in your recovery, you, you got to question yourself constantly. What am I doing this for? Am I doing it because it's convenient for me? Am I doing it for the right reasons? Am I doing it to, for the wrong reasons? Am I trying to manipulate this person right now? Am I trying, like, you really have to constantly question yourself because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it unconsciously. I was doing it subconsciously, you know? And just because that's the way I used to roll all the time. I was so used to my new personality. I was so used to everything. I knew how the water runned in me and it was just like, well, I mean, I'm a lying, manipulative piece of shit, you know? So like, that's just me, you know? That's how I used to be. Sometimes I still am. I'm not gonna sit here and lie, but I'm working on it and I constantly question myself and that's what matters, you know? That's what matters. Along, along the other points, right? Oh, okay, for sure. If I don't stay grounded, the way I stay grounded is by working with others, right? As they go through step one and I have my material with me and I'm reminded of how I thought back then, right? And like, as you were sharing, I, I remembered these reasons and excuses that I would, in essence, pick up again, right? In the morning, I'd wake up from a blackout completely tired and just sick and by 6 p.m i don't know it was just like I'm, I'm, my mind has just shifted and i'm obsessing and it's like how many bottles which ones am i going to start with and it's like man and then like if i've already ran through three and i can get to that little restaurant bar before one or i could get to bonds before midnight and it's like one more because i'm chasing something you know, I'm just never going to hit there until I just pass out, you know, and make a mess of myself. And so for me, it was either I'm celebrating some sort of win. You know, I, I managed to put in a few hours of work. I'm self-employed for over 20 years. So, you know, I made a deal. I closed a deal. I made some money. I got angry. F it. Like, it was just. And the crazy part was there was a point where um, I remember instead of picking up a bottle or, you know, I'd buy myself some expensive, organic, cold-pressed green juice, right? And I was trying to do that, and, you know, but eventually you just get tired of the thing that you're substituting for what you want, what you really want, right? Which is what you were expressing. And then you mentioned, you know, the alcoholic mind, right? And it is a very dark and crazy place. And the craziest part of it is I wasn't even aware of it. it. To me, this just felt, it's just the hustle. It's the game. I'm just like, you know, and, and I've been doing this for so long and, so, and you know, manipulating as you shared. And 
that, you know, I have fooled myself more than anyone. That somehow this is normal, you know, or until I get to that place of hopelessness and I'm really tired of just being tired. And, you know, um, for me, it was that moment where I woke up the day after my sister-in-law's wedding and just realizing that I had now become an alcoholic father in my son's life and just, you know, realizing that now I'm about to put him through what I went through and I didn't want that for him. And that's what got me to my knees. I asked for help, show up to a room like this and raise my hand and, and just open up. And that's what these rooms are important because there's some healing in just being able to open up around a group of people who are actually for the first time willing to listen and then later privately say, I know what it feels like too. I was there, right? And, and you know, the, there's this author, 15 million, 15 million books sold, uh, James Clear, Atomic Habits. He says, you do not fall to the level of your goals, but you will fall to the level of your systems. And the 12 steps is that system that is there to help us when, when we're having a bad day, when we mess up, right? To where I'm no longer in the swamp, you know, because I've driven my cars off a ditch, but I, maybe I'm just on the side of the road, you know, and there's people who are going to come along the way and, and help me just get back on that path. And so thank you tonight, Jesse, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And that's all I have. Thanks. Cool. Chance I got uh, when I went to the store, liquor store, or what have you. Um, I take a day off of work and tell my wife, oh, you know, what? I'm going to make dinner. I'll go get everything for dinner, and then, you know what? I'll sneak a bottle of Jack in there, and I'll polish it off before she gets home. Um, and that was that was becoming more and more frequent. I would go on my way home from work. You know. Um, we have a huge shop, so close up the shop. Just liquor store right there. I'm like, oh, go to the liquor store, hang out in the shop a little bit, and go ahead and drink before I go home and finish an entire bottle in about half an hour. And uh, just became more and more blind to what was going on. And, you know, um, it's that mental obsession. It's that you can't, you can't, Think about anything besides alcohol. And for me, before I got into alcohol, I was smoking weed. And that was actually, I think, easier to, to, to kick, you know, 23 years ago. That was easier to kick than alcohol. Because alcohol, that, I was like, what is there to do besides drinking alcohol, you know? Um, but your mental obsession, your brain is telling you, like, Dude, you need something in your system to be cool. You need something to take the edge off of of your day. You know, my my boss was an asshole, and you know, I just need you know um, something to do. And you know, through this book and and first timers, you know, new new people here uh, through this book, there's a new way of of life. It's a connection um, to your higher power. Uh, connection to yourself because all these stories in this book 
has a story and somehow, some way, that story is going to connect with you. You're going to find something in there and uh, it'll connect and you will be amazed. The The one I, I like is the furry slippered uh, guy at the beginning of the book. And, you know, he he drank and then he realized, you know what, I'm not going to drink again until I retire. And then he retires and, you know, he's putting on his furry slippers and his, you know, cigar jacket and stuff on. And then he drinks and he drinks himself to death, you know. So he busted his ass his entire life to retire, to drink after, you know, after he retires. And within four years, he's dead. You know, that right there, to me, opens up my eyes to what alcohol can do to you over time. You know, and I was getting towards that, towards that uh, realm, you know, just constantly drinking. And at the end, end of the bottle, I'm like, why the hell did I drink this for? And then I get halfway through. I'm like, dude, I just started like 10 minutes ago. I got a fifth gone already. You know, it's like, the fuck? You know, um, but yeah, it, if you work the steps and you stick with it and come to meetings like this, because I know at first it's a little bit. Intimidating. This is a much smaller group than some of the ones I've been to, but um, open up. It's intimidating at first, but once everyone starts to get to know you, it becomes a lot easier to get up here and, and share your story. So stick with it, and I'll take another 24. Alcohol, more so blame my immaturity. Um, you know, and after hearing some experiences and, and, and different people, uh, you know, talk about what they drank and, and what they looked for. Some of those things I, I can unfortunately relate to. Um, you know, being so young, I, I'm so hard on myself. I know that for a fact. Um, and I, I chose to come here because I, I want to strengthen my relationship in God. Uh, I'm going through so many new um, chapters in my life. I'm a new dad, I have a new job. Um, and, you know, and new mistakes that I didn't want. Um, so, again, I, I'm, I'm not too sure what I'll find. I don't feel like I'm struggling with, with not drinking. Um, I quit nicotine recently, and I was, I was very much able to, to kick, it, kick it away, and I, I didn't... I don't want it, you know. I, um, a lot of, a lot of things that I don't know, right? Uh, I just don't know if I'm feeling the things that I should be feeling, or if my mindset's where it's exactly where it's at. Um, I'm gonna be coming around here uh, every Monday because uh, that's what I'm. You know, when I dedicate myself to doing something, I, I do it. And um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. And I did it because it's been my experience. <clears throat> I lost so much stuff already. So when I first started, when I first started coming here, I was going through so much, and it became worse, and it became to now I have nothing. When I had a lot, and everything, I'm not gonna blame the the alcohol. I'm not gonna blame the drugs. I'm just gonna blame myself for not being able to take control of it. And now that I want to take control of it, I already saw what I've been through. 
and I don't want to make that mistake again. Um, all the time, everybody said, you know what, you need to have somebody to come and give you support. And I always kind of knew about it, but I never kind of reached to somebody to do it because like, for me, it was embarrassing, you know, trying to go get support from somebody or call somebody like when you needed it, you know, because when I needed it, my only thing was, was I'm going to go drink. And then I would drink and I would, I would wake up. I'll be the, I got in so many fights too, man. The last couple of times I got arrested four times within six months, five months. Luckily, I went to jail four times and luckily none of them I got charged for nothing. And uh, my last one, it was a DUI that nobody thought that I would get out of it. And that day I got out of it. No charge for a battery and no charge for a DUI. When I, which I was like, wow. But during that time, God spoke to me and I understood that it was him that day when he told me you're gonna get out without a charge. And it was a dream. And that dream came true. And for me, it became like, um, I really wanna take my support right now, Jessica. You know, I met her. And it's really, really hard to find somebody that you can trust and be like, okay, let's do this together. But we kind of made a commitment. And I brought her to that to let her know like, okay, this is where I come home, where I come from, where I wanna be at. And this is gonna be like a support not just for me, but like it's for everybody. You know, sometimes everybody needs to say something so it can relate to somebody else. And at the end of the day, it's still a struggle for everybody. And it's still a struggle for me. But I do not want to make that same, mis that same mistake that I did before. I'm a father too. And I don't want to be the bad example for my kids. <clears throat> you know, I have a five-year-old, seven-year-old, and I really miss both of their birthdays. And I feel horrible because I wasn't there for them when I raised them, you know? Uh, so now I want to give my strength. I want to give my commitment to God and just let him change my life. Because I think that's the only way. Um, it's going to be really hard for us to do it alone. For me, it's been really hard. I've been to programs. I, but it's just my self-consciousness is like, it, I don't have a problem. Like, nah, I can do it by myself. Nah. But at the end of the day, it's like I keep going through it. I keep going through it, and, and I know if I go somewhere to a bar, I'm going to want to drink or see everybody there drinking, having a good time. For me, it's like, I'd rather come here or do something else than go to the bar and just wanting to have that drink because um, I love it. You know, I like the party. Sometimes I don't have money, and, and, and I'm the type of guy that I talk to a lot of people, and I end up drunk. People just buy drinks. Right? Hey, come on. This for you, for you, for you. And I'm like, man, like I came here with 20 bucks and I'm like super faded. You know, and, and, and that's just people. That's just the devil, how it gets to you, how they want to see you, how it comes out to. And at the end, like you end up with nothing. So um, for the newcomers, you know, it's just, I'm a newcomer again, because I'm gonna start coming here every Monday and then just trying to see what I can do to change my life as well. And that's it. Thank you. Good night. running from people because they want to kill me. You know, after I said, I need to stop this, and then my mind will do another line, and then I'll get from somebody else, and next thing you know, I'm running from all these different people, and, and my life was on the line. You know, they're gonna, they'll kill me. <laughs> you know, and, and I couldn't stop myself. You know, so I don't trust myself. When I got here, I started to see how the, you know, self-knowledge avails us nothing. Um, um, So the disease centers in my mind 
And my current thing, you know, when I had about 20 years, you know, because I really thought that, you know, because I'd been to every meeting in San Diego and I um, gone to go to, was going to meetings and then I started cutting back and then all of a sudden the brain started thinking about getting high again and hadn't thought that way in like 20 years. And so I was very aware that I was in deep, relating back to how the book is talking about the disease centers in the mind. And, and you, I have to keep sharing the story because this is the best way I can do it. Is I just, you know, started looking because weed was out when I, when I sobered up. I got rid of the weed was like the worst for me because I minimize it the most. Cocaine was just, you know, it was already, I'd already, you know, ruined my health. Um, and, then, and then all of a sudden I started looking at the signboard that says marijuana is legal. You know, and I started entertaining the idea. So I knew that it was coming back and that was a... Um, a scary thing, but the interesting piece is I wasn't scared, you know, but what happened was I got away from the information here. I got away from the meetings, you know, and then I would just, because my mom was sick, and, you know, I give all the reasons why all the codependents want to rescue me when I tell all the problems I was having, but the idea was is I just got away from doing everything that was involved, and to me it's very important that I continue to do everything. I don't have to be the best speaker. I just have to do the best I can. And so I just show up, you know. I'm taking a couple of people through the book. Um, I do about three meetings a week. I'm doing this one regularly. Um, but I just stay involved because after that time when I was so dry at 20 years, that's when I found BBA. It just got really painful. And then, you know, and so I had to get outside help and do all that other stuff because the disease, now I know what it's like when they say, what's the disease? See, when I'm sober for that many years and then I'm thinking about getting high again, there's the disease of alcoholism. <laughs> and so now my story, I have a real story about that. Because when I quit, I was going to be for good and it went 20 years. You know, and then I had to go to a psychiatrist for a while. But the people that helped me at the beginning, they were very good. They told me, they go, look, you better be willing to go to any length you're a day at a time the rest of your life. So when those thoughts started coming back, I called a doctor on my medical card, Bob, you heard the story before, but I went to the psychiatrist and just said, hey, look, I'm in trouble, man. And so, um, and so I got back, you know, that's the gift. And so now it's much easier to stick around and, and do 10, 11, and 12 and go to meetings. And even if I'm uncomfortable, don't want to, I do it anyway. You know, I'm 69. This is getting near the end, <laughs> you know, people or leave the planet from 69 on, right? So the, the life Alcoholics Anonymous has given me through the 12 steps and you folks and stuff is just incredible. So that's why I keep coming. Thanks. 2013, and that was the day that I woke up. Um, I had a, an awakening. Um, it's not like, you know, long drag out, like I'm going to quit and then went back and relapsed and, you know, then quit again and went back and relapsed. You know, I woke up in the hospital. You know, I, uh, I had my 22 Walter to my head with one bullet. And um, I was really blessed that somebody walked in on me and um, took the gun out of my hands. I didn't even know there was one bullet in there. So uh, there's a reason why I'm here. I don't ask why anymore. I used to always wonder why. I don't ask that question, but I know that uh, my purpose is to be of service 
uh, to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, this is where, you know, I woke up and, you know, this is where I was born again, you know. Um, you know, I met a lot of people and, uh, you know, I remember coming in the rooms and, you know, hearing, you know, we're going to love you until you love yourself. And uh, that was the case because, of course, I was drinking. Uh, I started late in life, so I was drinking for a long time. Um, and a long time is like maybe seven, eight years. And uh, in those seven and eight years, it went dark. Like, it went dark really quick. Um, and I went down really quick, too. Um, so, um, you know, when um, I got in the rooms, I was hopeless, helpless, and... Uh, spiritually bankrupt um so i like what jesus said he said this is you know it's a it's physically mentally and spiritually you know um all three and uh that's probably the worst feeling that you can have you know when you come into the rooms and you're just like crawling and looking for answers and um you know i found that here really fortunate you know that um that uh, I can relate to this book now because it's like, yes, you know, after, you know, so many years, it's like, you know, yes, I feel like that. You know, yes, I drank like that, you know, because I was delusional in my mind. I didn't think I was. I couldn't, you know, um, you know, my mind told me something different that I wasn't like that. I wasn't like you people or... Um, but I, I was still hopeless, and I wanted to know how you got what you, that happiness, that joy, that freedom. You know, how did you accomplish that in such, you know, and how was everybody so happy? It's like, you know, and, you know, so that's what I wanted. So this program is a program of attraction, not promotion, you know, and um, I was attracted to what everyone had. And uh, after a while, um, you know, everything started to lift. I didn't feel that way anymore. Um, but in the book, there's like different kinds of alcoholics, right? Or different kinds of drinkers, not alcoholics, drinkers. And, uh, you know, if you're new, it's like, okay, all right, what kind of drinker am I? You know, and the book will, you know, will kind of explain it. Because you have to admit to your innermost self, you know, I admitted to my innermost self that, you know, I am that alcoholic. You know, I'm not the moderate drinker. I'm not the hard drinker. I was in a blackout all the time towards the end. I changed my DNA. I, I, I have an allergy, an obsession of the mind. And if I take a drink, the drink will take me. Um, and I had to convince myself that that's how it was. And uh, this program, it, I mean, I can't say enough about um, the BBA and this time around how much it's just been so amazing going through the bba with a group of people and um getting a different experience you know i feel a little something different you know so i'm really happy to be um a member of this society and uh it is like a secret society and uh, if you want what we have then you just do what we do you know it's just that simple just really simple and with that, I'll take a shots to me. Um, I had a really rough day, and I wanted, I just wanted to talk to somebody, and then Mary invited me here. 
and I come here and throughout the day I was reading the book and I was reading the very same thing that <laughs> you read when you came oh, up yeah. here. And uh, you know, it's just it's 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 gone. I cannot figure any other reason why these things happen the way they happen. Um I think that after I leave tonight, I'm definitely more calm and um, more secure in the fact that I am doing the right thing, which is being here. Um, I, my life has changed dramatically since I started coming here, and I don't know where it's going to take me, but... I'm gonna let it take me, because it's a lot better than where I was mm. when I got here. Mm. That's for sure. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Louise. And thanks for yes. the donuts. <laughs> thanks for letting me be of service. I'll get these out of the way and take them home. It's not something I used to do, and showing emotion was not something I used to do at all. Um, but my drinking took me to the bottom of a deep and dark well. And when I wanted a change, I had the balls to get myself into a recovery house. And I did that because I wanted a change. I wanted something different. You're looking for something too, right? Well, I'll tell you what. If you think you have balls, hang on to them. <laughs> because I come to find out I don't. I don't really. It's really tough to go through what I'm going through. Um, the ups and downs, the knowing that I can do and be a better person, but not really knowing how, it's killing me. It's doubting, making me doubt myself and doubting that I can keep walking a path that I know it's good for me, but I am in so much pain that I don't really want to be here. And then moments like being here today make me reassured, make me feel reassured that I am in the right place. Keep coming back, please. Life gets lifey, right? Um, and the devil tries really hard to get you back. Really, really hard. Um, I'm, I know I'm going to sleep well tonight, and I thank you all for giving me the opportunity and the chance to be myself and, and be, more than anything, <coughs> vulnerable, because that, I think, is what's giving me strength and what's making me know 
and realize that I am, I do have courage. I have the courage to be here. The vulnerability that I'm feeling today, it's what's helping me be stronger. Keep coming back. Thank you. The, um, the part of the book here reminds me too is I have this story I tell myself and I try and sell you guys on it too, is like, if you had all my problems, you'd drink too, right? You know how shit my life is, right? She, she, her, him, them, them, the bill collectors, the car payments, the shitty job, the two ex-wives. If you had my problems, you would drink too, right? Of course, and do all that meth. Um, but this guy's talking about like, weren't there times when there was nothing really going on? All the dust had settled. Everything on the outside was kind of okay. Michael's on track again. Michael's got this back. Michael's got that back. Hey, I'm getting to work on time, right? I'm off probation. And suddenly I'm drunk. Suddenly I'm drunk. Not a cloud on the horizon. And that's what this story is talking about too, is the story I tell myself about all the reasons why I drink apparently aren't 100% the truth. They are not the complete truth because I also drink on a good day, on an average day, on a so-so day when I don't have all those problems. So what's that about? Am I crazy? No, I'm an alcoholic. That's what it means is I'm an alcoholic. A lot of people drink when there's problems. They're not alcoholics. They just drink because they got fucking problems, right? Excuse me. I drink because I'm an alcoholic. Whether things are good, average, or bad, I drink. My solution to a problem is drink. My solution to a good day is drink because I'm an alcoholic. And then that really brings us to kind of what some people call the, the promise of the first step is I came here because I can't drink anymore. I came here because my, my loving wife at the time said that I can't drink anymore. The doctor says I can't drink anymore. I'm here because I can't drink anymore. And then somebody told me, no, you're here because you will drink. I was like, wait, wait, no way, what? My alcoholic friends had told me how they prophesied or predicted that if I have an alcoholic mind, the time and place will come and I will drink again. That's why I'm here, is because on my own power, no matter what, I'm going to drink again, based on my own experience. Every other time when I tried to do it on my power, I'm a grown man. If I say I'm not gonna drink, I'm not gonna drink. And I'm drunk on Wednesday night. <laughs> so I need this meeting, this fellowship, and these 12 steps to prevent me from doing that thing that I don't want to do. So thanks for letting me share in a great meeting. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast. <laughs>